<laughs> not CNN. Not CNN. CNN doesn't doesn't do CBS. sci-fi. It's a little different. Um, <laughs> CNN. It, it, I mean, honestly, let's we're gonna it pretend might be, like it <laughs> might be fake, but it's not it's science fiction. fiction. <laughs> is it science fiction? Um, <laughs> Welcome to the very first episode of the Science Fictionarian from ScienceFictionary.com and from Course Not Radio Underground. You might know us. If you're, if you're listening, you probably have listened to our other show. I'm Andrew Gore. I'm with, tonight I have here with me Marisha. Hello. Daniel. Hey, everybody. And David. I was going to say hey, everybody, and now I don't know what to say. Oh, man. Hey. <laughs> so, uh, so, so here we are. We promised this a few months back, and yep. it, it took us a little longer than we thought to get around to it. But here it is, our brand new show where we're going to just cover everything, science fiction, fantasy, adventure, all kinds comic of cool books. stuff. I, there's going to be a lot of stuff covered here. We'll have some mainstays. There will be some things that happen every week, but brand new show, and we're very excited about it. Yep. Give us a place to, so maybe we'll go on fewer tangents on the Star Wars show, and we can, you know, kind oh, yeah, of categorize is, a little bit. The, the, the problem with this one is going to be raining in like, all of the yeah. stuff. Yeah. Because there is lots of stuff out there. It's a good time to be a nerd. It sure is. The golden age. Yes. I say. The golden age of geek. Yes. So, talking about golden age, like, we're getting with Marvel, um, kind of this thing. We've definitely been in the golden age of comic book movies. There's no doubt about oh, that. Oh, yeah. I think we're still in there, and not just with Marvel. I mean, the Joker just became the most successful as far as money profit, earned. Profit margin. Not, not, yeah, profit margin ever. Wow. So, which, you know, that's huge. And I guess it's also the number one rated R movie of all time. Really? Yeah, and, and in second place is Deadpool, and then it's Deadpool 2, and then it's Logan. So right. yeah. um, it's all comic book movies up there. Yeah. So given that we've we've done all that, I, you know, we, we with the conclusion of the Infinity major saga. arc of the Infinity Saga in Marvel, you know, DC's got some good stuff. they got some good stuff coming. I mean, Wonder Woman 1984 is coming out next year. And so, I mean, they're definitely going to do some other good movies. Shazam 2's coming. I can't imagine that they won't do another Aquaman film. No. I mean, they've already set it up. I don't know why they wouldn't. Mm -hmm. Batman. The Batman. We do have that. From Matt Reeves. um, So, but that being said, like, through this last 10 years, 12 years, really, Marvel has carried the, the banner for comic book movies. I mean, there's been some good DC movies. But Marvel's really carried the banner. But now that we've come, has, now that sorry. we've come off of Endgame, like, I mean, Marvel's obviously going to have a little bit of fall off. Mm-hmm. Especially as they're introducing some characters that people just really aren't nearly as familiar with yeah. as a lot of the ones they've done. Are we at risk of this golden age coming to an end? Yeah, I. I get scared when the next big property is the Eternals. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and it's just hard to get excited for something like that. But 
then again, there's also like a Blade movie coming, so I'm hanging on. And um, <laughs> we're going to get Fantastic Four. We're going to get X-Men. Yeah. Uh, there's no doubt. And, and, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy came out, and that was – that was the same thing that like how Eternals is going to be probably of like really guardians of the galaxy. But then it became a mm-hmm. huge hit and, and Groot's a household name now. So <laughs> it's true. You never know what can happen with these Marvel movies. And, and you say there's going to be this drop off. I've been saying there's going to be drop off since like, since the first Avengers It's then right. Ant-Man and every other obscure movie. I'm like, this is going to fail. And then it becomes the biggest thing ever. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's a well-oiled machine, and I have no doubt that it's going to remain that, especially as long as Kevin Feige stays at the head. But it's just, it's really this matter of, again, of keeping that magic going with taking these characters that nobody knows and making them household names. I mean, what, the the Inhumans definitely wasn't a smashing success. <laughs> no, but they're making... No, but yeah. the Inhumans started out in the pipeline to be a film and that's where it should stay they 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 turned around and gave that show to what was already proven to be their weakest link the 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 man that made the showrunner for that show um inhumans with vin diesel as black bolt would have been that was the original plan oh was it really yeah interesting and that's that's exactly what they still should have done. Inhumans is a very, very rich property. There's hmm. a lot of mythology around the, the world of the Inhumans and really actually ties into some of the stuff we're going to explore with, with the Eternals. And it really would have worked better there. And there's a lot there to, to mine from. Like David's already brought up, they, they've done a lot more of less and what humans can give you. It was just poorly executed. Right. Well, and, you know, of course, they did decide to go the TV route for that instead of the movie route. And they've definitely had a lot more success with the movies and with the TV shows. So maybe um, maybe we won't get a repeat of the last. This is going to be the new big thing. You well, know what? The Inhumans are stupid. <laughs> I don't like them. <laughs> And the only reason they were going to do that movie is because they didn't have X-Men. Exactly. That's true. And now they have X-Men. And That is think, true. That is true think, to a point, but I'm still telling you there is a lot. But Inhumans aren't the X-Men. They're not. There's like one, there's one cool Inhuman, and his name is Black Bolt. And you can put him in the Camilla Khan show, Miss Marvel, because she's an Inhuman, if, 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 if y'all didn't know. You could put him there, and uh, Medusa can be there too, and have Lockjaw make an appearance, because that's cool. And that's all you need. I, I don't, I don't want to see the, this Game of Thrones on the moon. like <laughs> With the growing hair as. thing? Ugh. The growing, yeah, the growing hair. I mean, that yeah. guy, that's trying to. I'm trying to tell y'all, they just did not execute it. There's a lot of material there to do the Inhumans right. I agree, but th- at that time, that was. I mean, they did that. I mean, that's not. That's not Kevin Feige. I mean, that's yeah. That's the, the 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 people running Marvel TV, they're gone. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's all under Feige now. Okay. Yeah. Which which. I'm happy because now the TV shows will actually matter. Right. And yeah, which I mean, 
that was a story originally, right? It's all tied together. Yeah, they all yeah. make it tied in together. Yeah. And the first couple of seasons of Agents of Shield, they would mm-hmm. have these little references back and forth. Yeah. Nick but, Fury was in the first season of Agents yeah. of Shield. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was uh, Mariah Hill. Uh, yeah, Maria Hill and, and Lady Sif. Sif. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, at some so point they, they tried. Well, they the, couldn't get on the same page. The TV and the movie. Yeah. Movie. Well, and when it when they split it and separated Marvel TV from the MCU, that's when it changed. Yeah. Well, and whenever they felt like they had to start having universe-ending scenarios for the Agents of Shield to deal with, then all of a sudden it had to be separate from the MCU because if you have universe-ending issues, then why on earth aren't you going to call Thor? You know. Right. And, and and that makes I mean that's that's a problem that's been with the movies themselves like in Iron Man three the president's kidnapped why isn't why isn't Captain America there but it's more so in the movies and right. same thing with the, the Netflix shows whenever they were trying to tie them in you're right like mm-hmm. if there's such a if there's like ninjas running around murdering people all throughout Hell's Kitchen why is why can't you just have one Iron Man come in there and solve the problem and, and right. And it, it didn't make sense. But that's one of the things you have to suspend your disbelief with. Yeah. But you're right. It just didn't work tied in. And the, from my understanding, they just couldn't get on the same page with, hey, we're going to do this in the movies. And it would affect you here. And it's like, but what? Wait, but we're doing. But what? OK, we'll just ignore it. Right. Exactly. That's, that's what they had to do. We aren't necessarily looking to do an entire uh, show on Marvel tonight. But we do have, you know, some movies. We have a lot of TV coming. Like, what is the project y'all are most excited for right now? Specifically Marvel or just anything? Anything. Really anything comic book. Anything comic book? Anything superhero related. Yeah. Su- yeah. The world of superheroes. Oh, there's so many things. It's like we were saying earlier. It's such a golden time to be part of it. I'm really excited to see what DC does next. I love Joker. And they have a string of good movies. Let's keep the momentum going. You have some of the most amazing characters in fiction. It's true. Please do something that that makes me happy. So I'm excited for Batman, for the Batman. Um, I I like the casting that's coming out of it. I think every, everything I'm seeing about it, I'm really excited for. And I'm also really excited for the Disney Plus shows that are coming out. Um, mostly uh, Moon Knight and She-Hulk and Ms. Marvel. I could kind of care less about WandaVision. Falcon Winter Soldier looks cool. Uh, Loki's like, uh, okay, then let's see how that goes. But uh, the but the other ones like the Moon Knight, She Hulk, Ms. Marvel, those are all really great characters that I've been waiting to see mm-hmm. ever since the MCU took off and, and ever since Ms. Marvel was created because I love Ms. Marvel, mm-hmm. uh, Camila Khan. Yeah, I think that she's she has potential to be one of the next big characters in comic books. Like the the kind of character that that ten years from now becomes a legacy, <clears throat> excuse me, becomes this big deal like a Spider Man, and that's saying a lot. But I, I really do think that she's that kind of character. She's gonna be a big part of the new Avengers game coming out. So that, that's 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 what I'm excited for, and along with everything else that I I could sit here for an hour and tell you what I'm excited for. Yeah, um, and I think it's gonna be it'll be interesting. They're gonna definitely go into some characters that outside comic book readers haven't gotten a whole lot of attention. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, She-Hulk isn't necessarily, you know, a name that 
people just walking down the street recognize. At least I didn't, right. you know, until, until the conversation kind of started. So it'll be interesting to see some of these other characters uh, kind of really coming in. And, you know, it's, it's always, especially having kids, you know, there's always the more comic book movies and TV shows and what have you that there, there are happening, the happier they are. Yeah. Daniel, what are you looking forward to the most in the world of superheroes? As far as television and movies goes, the, the Batman I'm really looking forward to. And I enjoyed Ben Affleck's Batman. I think he did a good job. Mm-hmm. But the, the new one, though, I'm a big fan of Matt Reeves. The Planet of the Apes movies are excellent. And as much as I hate Twilight, everybody knows I hate those daggum <laughs> movies. They are terrible. But Robert Pattinson is a excellent actor. And I absolutely think he can pull it off. I want to see what he does with that character. I want to see what that whole creative team comes up with. Yeah. So I, I get excited for a Batman movie. I actually watched um, The King last week, and um, he was something else as the uh, as the Dauphin on there. He was had a really unique French accent going, and a you know, I mean, he he it was completely. I haven't really seen much that he's done in the past. So when, of course, when he first came up for Batman, I was very uh, skeptical, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see. Well, he's, he's going to surprise people. I have, a, I've, I've got a lot of confidence in what I think he can do with, with uh, Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And I think it's going to be an interesting take on it. What's your, what are your thoughts on the, on the recent casting uh, for the penguin, the Riddler and, and, uh, uh, those rumors, I don't know. I think I'm pretty sure the Riddler's confirmed. I don't know about the other ones if they're rumors or not. Now, when is this movie slated to release? I believe it's 2021. 2021. Okay, still got a little bit of time on that. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. still in pre-production. So okay, they're still in a anything can happen stage, huh? Exactly, and and as we've learned with some of the crazy stuff happening in comic books and and the comic book world recently anything could happen you never know who's going to drop out who's going to change mm-hmm. don't get attached too attached to any of these names until yeah. they're actually filming uh, paul dano i think i really like him as the riddler i see what they're going for with that it's not what my choice would be in the kind of riddler that i'd like to see mm-hmm. but i do see what they're going for this guy who's kind of in the background you don't pay attention to him you take him for granted mm-hmm. but then comes out of nowhere and turns out he's the smartest guy in the room and he's a psychopath and he he's feel I, I, I see what they're going for mm-hmm. and I, I really think he's a, he's perfect for that choice if that's what they're going for same thing with Colin Farrell eyebrows aside I see what they're doing with it and I think it's a it's a great choice you know they're, they're trying to that's the furthest you can get away from the monster Danny DeVito penguin mm-hmm. from the Burton film right yeah and more of the state a mobster. Well, and I'm down to see something completely different. You know, we've seen lots of different iterations of these characters over the years. You know, so I'm I'm down to do something different, something we haven't. Mm-hmm. You know, a version that we haven't quite seen before. So that's exactly what I think this is going to be. Mm-hmm. Marisha, what what is coming out in the superhero genre that you're really looking forward to? All right. So, in spite of the fact that. David is unenthusiastic. I really like Loki. I'm excited about the Loki series. <laughs> I mean, come on. He's 
you know, you kind of always want to see the villains sort of redeemed-ish and doing the right thing, but they're more fun when they're just out for themselves. So we get to see Loki back to being, you know, kind of an you're, you're right. a, an arrogant prick who just is really just sort of out to do whatever he wants to do and get whatever he wants and, you know, garner as much power and prestige and look as cool as he can doing it. So. I mean, <laughs> and, and Tom Hiddleston has so much fun with that character. Oh, he does. That I'm, is going to be the most entertaining show. Yes, yes. I, I okay. think. Okay, I stand corrected. You're allowed I to be wrong. It. It's gonna be good. <laughs> yeah, but no, that's that's what I'm. I think of all the Disney Plus things that are coming up, that's the one that right off the bat, I'm the most uh, the most there for. I guess. Uh, so how about you, Andrew? What's your current most exciting thing happening in comic book and related things? You know, I think there's a lot of stuff coming out. It's kind of hard to know exactly what to be most excited for. I'm, I'm really excited for the Falcon and Winter Soldier show just because I love those two's dynamic. Mm-hmm. You know, they've, they've already they've been building that kind of buddy cop dynamic with them for a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm excited about that. But I honestly, even though it's a little further away, I don't think it's still 2021. I think the thing I'm most excited about right now is Shang-Chi. Ooh, that's true. That's uh, a good point. I've heard some rumors that Iron Fist might be showing up. Really? Uh, There's some rumors there. The other thing is, is the casting for it has been fantastic. Yeah. And I do like the fact we're actually going to get the Mandarin instead of that stupid bastardized Iron Man three version. <laughs> but the the only reason I wouldn't be more excited for Shang Chi is I like Shang Chi, but I was so disappointed in Iron Fist. That's one of my all time favorite characters. Mm-hmm. It was the the Iron the Power Man and Iron Fist book from the seventies that. Chris Claremont wrote was one of the best books and there's so much wasted potential with the Netflix shows. There were, and that's why we really need to remember now that that department is gone. It doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Jeff loves out. It doesn't, but the the thing is, I just feel, I was so disappointed in Iron Fist that now I feel like they're going to do Shang-Chi so much better, which is fine. I like Shang-Chi. But, but it's, it's going to make you make more me sad. Feel even worse about the potential <laughs> of what was that Iron Fist show, right? The, the, but the, just it's just going to remind me of the wasted. Oh, so man. I think that the rumors. I think there may be some weight to the rumors of them introducing or introducing us to a new version of Iron Fist mm-hmm. in this movie. That's going to be that movie's going to come out about the same time the Netflix stuff expires. Yeah. And I see no reason they can't reintroduce Iron Fist and then go straight into either giving Iron Fist a movie or a TV show because the TV show, I mean, they're fixing to start cranking out some serious stuff on Disney Plus. Yeah. It's going to be insane. Um, Kevin Feige said, like, these are going to be just as important as the movies. If you yeah. want to understand what's happening, you've got to watch these shows. Okay. All they really had to do, all they really had to do was take the high points of the history of it from Chris Claremont and then just 
pick out anything you wanted from Matt Fraction and Ed Brubaker's runs on that book. And the material is there. That show was, it's, it's really Marvel's only miscast. Mm-hmm. That is, it's the only time they've really missed that bad was Finn Jones's Iron Fist. He was so pretty, though. <laughs> yeah, no. That as as the only woman here, shit. I feel that I have to point out he was very pretty. Okay, that's important. That's, that's the <laughs> Netflix character. They completely yes, they, and they completely missed, missed that character's entire personality. He's not even written as the same character, much less did you put him in the hands of an actor who could pull it off. Yeah. It was such a disappointment. That's the only reason Shang-Chi kind of gives me a sour taste because Shang-Chi is going to be great. I'm going to sit there and be reminded (laughs) of how great Iron Fist could have been too. Right. But maybe it just means that that there's more hope. If they make a good Shang-Chi movie and Iron Fist is in it, it's a good thing for Iron Fist, Dad. I need you to understand. This is all beneficial. That Netflix universe, though, that Netflix universe was so good outside of that show that I know that for oh, them yeah. to just forget that show ever happened and recast Iron Fist and start over, then they're also kind of wiping out the rest of that Netflix universe. And Charlie Cox's Daredevil is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. Luke Cage, Luke Cage was perfect. Jessica Jones is perfect. Christian Ritter embodies that character i don't want to erase all that if we want to use those characters if we want to use those yes john berthal's punisher is freaking right off the comic page but if if we're going to if we're going to reintroduce those characters anywhere in the future either on disney plus or in the films i don't want to erase that history i don't want to lose those actors right but the only way to get the only way to get iron fist right at this point is to scrap it and recast it and I yeah. think that's okay, and I think they can do that while keeping the rest of the Netflix stuff intact. Because you can do whatever you want. I mean, like, just yeah. I mean, I think it. you've got to do. I think if you're going to bring Daredevil in, you're going to have to do a little bit of a soft reboot mm-hmm. uh, to bring that Daredevil, Charlie Cox's Daredevil, over. Um, same for a Jessica Jones. I, I think it's going to. I think they require a little bit of a soft reboot because. Well, they, they have to, I mean, because of the interactions between the characters. and Right. And then it's a matter of whether you can get everybody back that was also important in those in those shows. And I, my, my biggest thing with uh, losing the Iron Fist stuff is, I, I, is losing the, you know, Colleen Wing and those, some of those other characters. Yeah. Um, but, oh, yeah. I wanted, I wanted that Daughters of the Dragon show. Mm, yeah. Colleen Wing and Misty Knight together. Yeah. Yeah. That that would have been awesome. Yeah. I really did. What I thought was going to happen before they started canceling all this stuff was we were going to move into a, a Power Man and Iron Fist show and we were mm. going to move into a Daughters of the Dragon show and we were going to scrap Luke Cage and Iron Fist both and give us those team up shows. That's where I wanted that direction to I- go guarantee you that was the plan yeah no, it definitely seems like mind. the the appropriate progression for those characters mm-hmm. yeah and it really was the way the stories were leading yeah but you know what i think it's okay that it's done and i'm looking on the bright side here mike coulter as luke cage is 
perfect. Finn Jones as Danny Rand, as we've established, was not. And so their chemistry really wasn't there. But, well, the only time the only time Finn Jones was even serviceable was when he was sharing screen time with Mike Coulter. That that was the only time that character even kind of came out a little bit. Right. I don't want but it, serviceable. You know, it, even though the I, I even though the, even though the casting was not great for Iron Fist, a lot of the other problems with that there were there were a lot of problems. The the this the writing for that show was not very good. I mean, there are terrible. things there are things that could have been done that could have made his character better, even if the casting wasn't perfect. Yeah, the fight scenes were some of the worst. I mean, it's a pretty th- lackluster. There was no, especially when you're you're going to do a martial arts TV show, right? But you're going to do it at a time when you've got into the Badlands on TV, mm-hmm. and you if you, if you're going to put martial arts on TV up against something like Into the Badlands, you better do a damn good job of it. Yep. You're going to put it up against Daredevil, a show within the universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Made by the same yeah. people. Has a Which thousand times really better fights. Yeah. The, be- the best act, Daredevil is still my favorite thing Marvel's ever done. And it has the best fight scenes Marvel's ever done. Yeah, it, that hallway scene. That continu- hallway man. scene is mm-hmm. iconic. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the, the first time we started watching that show, David came to the house. I said, okay, well, wait a minute. We're going to watch... I'm, I'm going to skip a couple episodes so you can watch this. You're mm-hmm. going to watch this scene first, then we'll go back and watch the show. Because yeah. that's all you got to show somebody, and it will hook them. Yeah. Especially if you really enjoy just the art and the craft of shooting film, the way that scene is shot yes. is superbly done. That is one continuous shot. And you can tell at the end of it that exhaustion on Daredevil is real because Charlie Cox just wore himself slap out. Mm-hmm. Yep. That you know, whole it, it's, show is beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, beautiful. It's really well done. But yeah, the, the one shot uh, fight scenes mm-hmm. are, because they did that a number of times. They did in the other shows too. It just didn't always work quite as well as that one. But yeah, that one was just phenomenal. Um, speaking of one shots, are y'all, have y'all seen the trailer for the ni- uh, movie 1917 World War One movie that's about to come out? I have seen the trailer. Holy crap. Yeah. It's a one shot. I mean, they're taking breaks, yes. but the camera never leaves the actors. Right. Like these huge long scenes they're shooting like in one continuous motion. It is a one take. That's not mm. one take, but one yeah, like yeah, you said, one, one take long yeah, track. one take's not technically correct, but it's one shot. Right, like they long track. It sounds yeah. like they're actually like piecing it together where it, it Yeah, it will be mm-hmm. one long shot when it's all done. Yeah. Right. the camera never leaves the actors. Um, it's going to be, it looks like it's going to be awesome. Anyway, um, I, we probably need to move on to some other topics or we're going to just have a Marvel show here. <laughs> um, <laughs> Marisha, you've got the list. I don't have the I've list the in list front of me. Just a second. All right. So, um, well, why don't we just sort of give a quick summary? We'll just kind of go around like we did, just did with everybody's favorite comic book and just tell us. Like, give us your three favorite sci-fi fantasy things. Does that sound like a plan? my word. We'll have some overlap there. Or just in general, like, yeah, just to establish who we are. Yeah, right. just general, like, you know, hi, I'm Marisha, and this is my jam. <laughs> okay, got it. <laughs> All right, but I'm not going to start. Well, let's see. How about, how about Daniel? David started last time. Why don't you start? Yeah. My three favorite, I mean, it is, it's comic books first and foremost. That was superhero comic books. 
crime comics. Star Trek was the first thing that hooked me into sci-fi and fantasy, though. And actually, oddly enough, Batman, this, this 1966 Batman TV series, the reruns for that. Yeah. <laughs> and people make fun of that show now about being campy. Well, yeah. But that show introduced so many people to superheroes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really did. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to find that for the that, kids. That and old like Star it. Trek reruns are are what made me first. That was the first thing I ever geeked out on. And I'm still a huge Trekkie. Yeah. Of course, Star Wars. We do our podcast. Yeah. But it's it's superheroes in general. Yeah. Star Trek. And I fantasy, heard a rumor all you... All sorts of fantasy books. Joe Abercrombie. Uh-huh. George Martin, even more than Star Wars, probably. Those are the three. Okay. I heard a rumor you even finally got your son to watch Star Trek. Is that true, David? It is true. Well, I think we about exhausted the things your dad loves the most. So how about you, David? What's your What are, <laughs> what are your favorite things? Well, I don't mean to copy, but the answer is comic books, uh, number one. And it's because of, because of uh, my dad. You know, there were always comic books in the house from mm-hmm. as long as young as I can remember. I remember going into the bottom drawer of my dad's dresser and just picking out different comic books uh, to look at. And even when I couldn't read, I like looking at the, at the, at the art pictures. and everything. And, yeah. and now I have my own collection growing and, and I love everything superheroes and comic books. I, I'm constantly, I'm either watching something about superheroes or I'm listening to a podcast about superheroes mm-hmm. or I'm reading something about superheroes or I'm going to the comic book store. I finally just picked up my, my own copy of kingdom come. Like I, I am 100% everything that is me is, is, is comic books like that. that that's, that's my, that's my first and only love. If I ever marry, Sorry, your second place. To, oh, that's a terrible books. thing. Don't say that, David. <laughs> you know the internet never goes away. <laughs> so just have to understand. I, and let me just throw out there to the married people out. in this conversation that I wouldn't advise you take the line from the uh, the single guy in the room. Just FYI. <clears throat> Continue anyway. Second place, uh-huh. that's right. Any wife will be second place to comic books. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Got it, yes. And then um, uh, I love fantasy. Uh, I play lots of Dungeons & Dragons. I read lots of fantasy and watch lots of fantasy. If I had to pick one, the one that I'm most invested in is Game of Thrones, Song of Ice and Fire. I've read all those books. I've read all the side novels. I've, I haven't i have read the like World of Ice and Fire because it's like this big coffee book, coffee table thing, but... I listened to it. I listened to the whole reading of it. Um, I've seen the whole show. I, mm-hmm. I have studied that universe like it is a actual thing that I could do in college. Like I study it like a professor studies math. I love A Song of Ice and Fire. I think it's an incredible world that was created. And uh, I will never uh, forgive David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, but uh, that's a... Another topic. Uh, so Game of Thrones, Song of Ice and Fire. Sans last season of the HBO show. Is what, that, wait, is that what? what we're getting at? We love Song of Ice and Fire, Sans the last season of the HBO show? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, and then I would have to say uh, movies, uh, film and TV. And that's sort of very broad to say. But when I say that, what I mean is like 
I like going back and finding old classic movies to watch and seeing mm-hmm. where the histories come from. And I'm very interested in the process of filmmaking mm-hmm. uh, and and uh, miniseries, TV, stuff like that. Uh, I, I love movies. I like watching the newest movies that are on and stuff that's different. I try to I try to find different things all the time to watch. Uh, I, I've that's something that's more of a recent interest of actually like film history that okay. I'm trying to get into more. Uh, but that's really growing. And, and that's something that has always been there, but I never like realized, Oh, I can like go back and, and find so much about this film. Oh, and I love video games too. I play lots of those. Lots of video games. Yeah. How about you, Andrew? You want to tell us things you love most oh, other than gosh. your wife? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I mean, it's kind of a, a real mixed bag for me, but I mean, if you've listened to our, our other show, you know that it all begins with Star Wars for me. I grew up in a, in a Star Wars house. I mean, it was, Star Wars was king in, in our house when, when, when I was a kid. And it's really exciting to see things that are happening that. I mean, we get the Mandalorian in two days. Oh. We get our first Star Wars TV <laughs> series and it looks amazing. Yeah, it does. And so, uh, but other than Star Wars, I mean, y'all already know about my Star Wars fandom, but, you obsession. know, books, obsession, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, really, always really been into uh, Tolkien. Uh, Tolkien's kind of really the, the cornerstone of, of my fandom as far as uh, true fantasy, high fantasy. Oh, yeah. And, um. So I, I'll read pretty much anything I can get my hands on Tolkien. And yeah, like his Amazon list is like Star Wars books, Tolkien books, because you know they're releasing new ones all the time. Right. Some they 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 go through and finish them and, and re- edit them and stuff. So, all right, yeah. but you know other books: C.S. Lewis, Douglas Adams, uh, Frank Herbert. You know, uh, you know the creator of of Dune, and of course we're getting mm. we're getting new Dune. We're getting a movie. We're getting a TV show. Just it's amazing all the things that we've got coming right now. Yeah, and um, I don't know. I mean, you know, unlike y'all, I mean, Daniel's always been a big comic book thing. Daniel actually gave me my first comic book. Yeah, when I did you did? Um, Back in the dark ages when y'all went to I, high I will school dig it together. Out before we do the next show, it's a Star Wars <laughs> comic book. I cannot remember um, what the issue is. But I don't think I can put my hands on it quickly. <laughs> I know which box it's in. I just don't think I can find it quickly. Um, but yeah, I mean, when we're like seventeen years old, probably maybe sixteen. Yeah, you gave me a Star Wars comic book for my birthday one year. Mm-hmm. Uh, just okay. reference for anybody who probably missed the memo. Of, probably was one of the tales of the Jedi. Yeah, and. So comic books has just never really been my thing. I've got comic books. I like to read them, but it's just not your obsession. I worked my way backwards. I got really into superhero movies and worked backwards into comic books. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so like from like I said, for me, it's it's been the the great science fiction writers. I love Jules Verne. I even like to read things like the Odyssey and the Iliad, which are you know kind of some of really the earliest fantasy stories mm-hmm. we have. Beowulf. Um, yeah. which I'm really excited. I've got a copy of uh, Beowulf translated by J.R.R. Tolkien sitting over here on my shelf that I've, I've got to finish reading. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I want that. Really? Yeah. Yeah. 
He also I did love, Sir Gawain I, and the I Green Knight. Be- I'm sorry. No, I love Beowulf too. Mm-hmm. Like everybody hated having to study that when we were in school, and I was like, I'm, I'm <laughs> "No, all give in. me like, Beowulf all day." Yeah. yeah. Is there any more of this stuff? Uh huh. And there it is was old English, but if you <laughs> if you stuck with it, that story was cool as hell. Yeah. I remember for the project, we had to turn in something to Miss. It was Miss Ash. What's it, Miss Ashley? Miss Pickle. Mm-hmm. Swear to God, y'all. Miss that was Pickle. one name, Miss Pickle. Miss Pickle was cool. She was a good teacher. Yeah, still is. She's teaching <laughs> high school serious. again. And and I actually drew my imagination of what I thought the Grendel looked like mm-hmm. in Beowulf. And I remember the turn that into her. I got off topic. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's all right. But, you know, those things, I, I like the old stuff. I like kind of the roots of what fantasy is. He's and, like Gollum. He likes to look into roots and beginnings. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, I, you know, kind of really the other thing, I, I would say if I was going to say three things, it's kind of those writers that are kind of the cornerstones of science fiction and fantasy writing, Star Wars. And the other big thing for me really was 90s and early 2000s science fiction TV. You know, whether that be The Next Generation, Stargate uh, SG-1, Sliders, Farscape. Space Above and Beyond. uh, Space Above and Beyond. There were so many good sci-fi TV shows during that stretch of time. Firefly. I mean, Firefly, when we Mm -hmm. talk 90s and early 2000s, I mean, Firefly is in that list. Mm -hmm. and. So, so many good shows. And, you know, a lot of those shows I named off really followed a very similar model to Star Trek. Um, oh, yeah, You for know, sure. with Sliders and, and uh, SG-1. SG-1, for sure, especially later seasons. It was like when I went back and watched Star Trek later after I watched Stargate, I was like, oh, well, it's they were, derivative. They were Well, they were kind of new takes on the same ideas. Yeah. But those were kind of the last of the hopeful sci-fi shows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so it's good to see that that seems to be starting to make a comeback, although there's still plenty of uh, really dark sci-fi to go around. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we millennials... I enjoy that, too. I do, too. It's just, it, it's, it can't all be that, and mm-hmm. it has been for a no. while. Even even mm-hmm. Star Trek kind of got that way. It did. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Do you know about uh, the Outer yeah, Worlds, right. Andrew? The uh, that new game came out. You know anything about that? I don't. You haven't heard anything about the Outer Worlds? Because you do old. play some games, don't you? I do. I play a lot of games, but I. Yeah. I it sounds familiar, but I'm not. It's. Yeah. I, I'm not right off the bat. I'm not familiar with it. It is now. I'm. I'm gonna assume that you're like me, and your dream video game is one in which. You can be a Star Wars scoundrel smuggler and have your own ship and go across the universe doing odd jobs for whatever faction needs it as long as you can make the payday. Naturally. Of course. I mean, that's what my, else would Andrew want dream. in life except a wife <laughs> yeah. and three children? <laughs> yeah. If you've ever wanted to be a scoundrel who goes across the different planets corporate espionage and the space world the outer world is the game for you it's an rpg made by obsidian who are my favorite game developers uh you make your character you're put into this world of this this space colony and you get your own ship you get your own crew and you can be whatever you want to be and you don't have to just be a scoundrel you can be a hero it is the star wars game that 
I've always wanted. I love Star Wars games. Knights of the Old Republic is still one of my favorite games. But The Outer Worlds is incredible. You can get it on the Xbox Game Pass. If you don't have Xbox Game Pass, it's a great deal. You can get it like the first three months for like $10. When did this turn into a commercial? (laughs) uh, I'm just saying that if you. He's saying Andrew should play this game. Yeah, Yeah, I'll definitely. I'll definitely going, have to check David. that one out. Keep going. We need it to be a commercial. We can get yes. paid for a change. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Xbox Game Pass, please pay us to say nice things about you on our podcast. Sincerely, <laughs> Sincerely. us. <laughs> us, please. But seriously, it's, 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 a, it's a great space sci-fi game and mm-hmm. uh, Game Pass. You can get it right now. I highly recommend it. Cool. Awesome. I'll definitely check that out. All right. So that's pretty much what you know, comprises my, at least the core of, of my fandom. So Marisha, you're the last one left here. I'm the last one left. And I, I know there's some, maybe some overlap for you with some of the others. I, but, I mean, naturally, I mean, I, right. we wouldn't have anything to talk about if we didn't have some overlap. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> so my probably original obsession as like a 12 year old would have to have been Narnia. Um, Mm, That's a twist. Like all things, you know, just that sort of, um, you know, I mean, I was a child and um, as, as I've, as I've grown, I, I still have an, an affection for Narnia and Wonderland and that sort of, um, wonder i think that sometimes um kind of we lovers of fantasy can sort of lose sometimes um but just that sort of wide-eyed you know everything doesn't necessarily have to have an explanation but i love the thing that i i loved all of the kind of the tapestry um in, in Narnia, you know, the kind of the, the different kind of mythological, you know, motifs, kind of the Greek motifs and the, you know, just sort of different, you know, I mean, Tolkien was a very learned man, um, you know, and I, like I said, that was my, that was my first great love in fantasy. Um, and then, of course, Lord of the Rings came out when I was a teenager. Um, and so that sort of fell into the same vein with Narnia. Um, with my sort of fantasy obsession, I guess. Um, and of course, you know, I, I do Star Wars um, pretty, pretty big set since I married Andrew. But um, I think probably my my first love is is just for fantasy, just the, uh, like I said, the kind of the sort of Alice in Wonderland kind of maybe sometimes a little bit silly, but really wondrous worlds you know i like i love fairy tales i um still as an adult um really i'm not typically one of those like reads lots of like fairy tale adaptions but i i like to sit down and read mythology i like to read really old versions of stories i'm interested in kind of the way that stories, you know, they they touch us on a very basic level. They, you know, fairy tales, mythology, it 
it deals with who we are as humans and it, it interacts with something that's so far removed from everyday life. Um, and so, like I said, that's probably my, my, my great love um, is just sort of that aspect of a fantasy. Um, I really do like me some like legit sci-fi. I really like Star Trek and I don't just, I mean, I'm a really big fan of the Star Trek movies that J.J. Abrams started back a few years ago. Um, I really do love, again, I kind of, I kind of tend to trend optimistic. So I really do love, um, Star Trek and let's see what else. I mean, I'm trying to think of like another good, like one category. Um, I was so busy, like engaging with what y'all were saying, which no one is doing for mine, by the way, it must be super lame. I didn't want to. I didn't want to break your momentum. You didn't want to inter- interrupt my monologue there. <laughs> yeah, were, well, you were. No, saying- I've got I've got thoughts on that stuff too. I love Narnia. the The horse, uh, a horse and his boy is one of the best books I've ever read. Yes, and like nobody likes Especially horse and for his a boy. Person of faith. Mm-hmm. When you can recognize the analogy in yep. that story, yeah, it is a beautifully read. It's a beautifully written book. It was. It's, it's entertaining. Yep. It is one of the best books I've ever read. I, I do love C.S. Lewis. And actually, we, we didn't mention, nobody mentioned Harry Potter either. Harry Potter. There we go. That's going to be my number three. I do <laughs> really like Harry Potter. My um my oldest daughter is currently like uber obsessed with Harry Potter. So <laughs> we've been like listening to copious amounts of Harry Potter on audiobook, what? watching Harry Potter movies, buying Lord love her. All of the Harry Potter things for Christmas. Those um, books are brilliant. Yeah, They're I brilliant. do. What I have always said about writing was, as those books go along, they get more complex. The characters get more complex. Yeah. The book itself gets more complex. The story is more complex. You start off with 11-year-old Harry Potter, mm-hmm. and your audience is 11 years old. Right. Right? Yeah. So as Harry grows, the story complicates, because guess what? From 11 to 17, your life gets more complicated. (laughs) It's true. And those books escalate in difficulty. She's growing the books with the audience. Yeah. She's throwing more and more at Harry as he gets older. Yeah. His life becomes more complicated. He becomes a more complicated person. And the books become, like I I just said, growing with the audience. They were were brilliant. Yeah. And I do do love that world. And Mm -hmm. every time we go... To Orlando, Florida, uh, visit the Wizarding World of Harry Potter again, and go in all the shops again. That's and awesome. Drink butter beer again. <laughs> yep, we and haven't actually I'm done that. Uh, I think the current plan is Iana's got a friend, uh, and they live in Orlando, and they both turn eleven within like a week of each other. So I think we're going to go down there. I think we're going to have us a Harry Potter, a Harry Potter uh, occasion. You know, since eleven is important <laughs> in Harry Potter world. Mm-hmm. So that'd be that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. So no, Harry Potter could have made my list too. There's all kinds of stuff could have made my list. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's so. I mean, like I said, it's a good time to be a geek. There is so much yeah. stuff. And we didn't mention Robert E. Howard, Conan the Barbarian, Cole the Conqueror, mm-hmm. Solomon mm-hmm. Kane, and those the 
those darn Conan the Barbarian comic books from Marvel right now is the favorite, my most favorite thing I'm reading in comics. Really? We'll, mention, we'll, we'll get to mention a little bit of comics today. I know we're running really long. We didn't get to anything we actually wanted to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Well, you hadn't quite, but, it's because we did start over. We had, we're just about to hit an hour. Okay. Well, they, the, the Conan the Barbarian books, both of them, the Savage, <clears throat> and Gummit. Savage Sword of Conan, which is actually being written by Rob, by Roy Thomas. It's being written by Roy Thomas, who originally wrote the series for Marvel in the 70s. And he did that by adapting a lot of Robert E. Howard's work. Okay. He's writing that book. And the other series is being written by Jason Aaron. And it's the story of the death of Conan. And he's through, through this story, he's being dragged off to be a sacrifice for a blood god. Oh, dear. Every individual, But every individual issue is a flashback where he crossed paths with this cult and never knew it. So you get a lot of really good, okay. just classic, just, it's just classic Conan the Barbarian feel to all these stories. Jason Aaron's doing a wonderful job with that book. That's, that's my favorite thing I'm reading right now in comics. Awesome. Cool. I think you're the only person who's reading comics this week. I think I am. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I've got a set. David bought some last week because we went to the comic book store. I don't right. guess he's gotten to read them yet. Uh, yeah, well, next, the ones I bought, you, I bought graphic novels. Next time you go to the comic book That's store, look for uh, the new Firefly series three episode. I'm, I'm trying to find issue three and four. Okay, I somehow got everything but three and four. Well, I read, I read some of the last Firefly series. I have some of those issues. I haven't picked up anything in the current one though. We might have a few minutes. Was there anything else that... Um, this was going to hit it down about 45 minutes. As we <laughs> It's possible. I mean, yeah, I mean, we could go... A few, I mean, we could probably go another 10, 15 minutes and still get it down an hour, an hour and 15 minutes. You two had any real... Because uh, from my understanding, right, like, I think me and me and Dad are, like, the ones who are, like, really big fans of... No, yeah. I watched everything with the last season. Yeah, Marisha's okay. seen... I've only seen... Like three episodes, and I read the first book and a half. Um, right. So now, it's not worth really getting into this week. So it's uh, one of those things, like, and there's going to be something, because I, I guarantee there's going to be some things I'm going to want to talk about that y'all aren't going to care anything about. And that's just going to kind of be the nature of this show sometimes, I think. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so we that's definitely, fair. Game of Thrones is definitely one of those things we need to, need talk, to talk about. Because yeah. it's... Uh, it's so big. I mean, we it's can't so just really ignore important. it. Yeah. And it's the reason I'm going to, even though most people are really upset with the last season, at some point here soon, I'm going to just marathon my way through it. It's worth doing that. It's still one of the best shows ever made. Right. Well, and knowing it, you know, because it, it has changed the way TV's being made. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's without Game of Thrones, I'm not sure that, that Disney is looking at going the way they're going with Star Wars TV or with yep. Marvel TV. Yep, right. Uh, this Lord of the Rings series that that Amazon's oh, yeah. working on, there's no way they would have ever ventured that without no, the success totally of No, they're totally hoping to... to we just and, talked about how excited we are for The Witcher. Mm-hmm. Nobody had made The Witcher if Game of Thrones hadn't been what it was. Right. What these people are doing, there were these similar properties popping up. They're all trying to capture the success HBO had. Yes. They all want to be the next Game of Thrones. So that'll be a the, topic one day. The we'll, one that's going to do it? 
Okay, we'll get Andrew's opinion. That's going to say well, some of these others may be good. I think the Lord of the Rings things are going to be Lord good, but we're like two years out. It's going to be big, but we're still probably yes. two years out on that. They're just now, by my understanding, they had two years to go into production, or the contract expired, and so basically November 2019 was their deadline to go into production. They've actually got four people cast, uh, that are at mm-hmm. least that they're admitting to. Yeah. And so it looks like they're moving into production, but they're still saying 2021. Yeah. On that. Um, that's going to be the big one though. Andrew's right. That's, well, that that's one, the one but the other one that's going to be really, really big, even though most people don't have any clue what it is yet, but the Dune movie is going to set, is going to set the table for it is the, they're going to do a TV series based around uh, the Bene Gesserit, which is a faction of... Cult. A cult, yeah, within the, the Dune universe. universe. And right. um, that, one is, that one is so... The success of that one is going to be so reliant on that movie. The movie's going to be good. We've, we've already failed on a Dune movie once. No, no, twice. Well... One one movie, one theatrical movie, and one miniseries. made for TV miniseries. Right, um, and neither were, of them are very good. They were good. colossal, by the way, colossal failures. But if they could, but any Jeffrey TV series is not going to work unless that Dune movie is spectacular. I, if you just but looking we're at, at a point now, Andrew. This this ought to be a conversation for a podcast for, for what we're recording. Look, the the situation now is. Outside of people like us, who immediately know the name Frank Abair, or is it Herbert? How, how Herbert. did he pronounce it? Frank Herbert. Frank Herbert. Okay, I always said Abair because I'm from Louisiana. Because I was going to say, because <laughs> you come from Louisiana. That's it. But when we hear that name, either way you pronounce it, I instantly know Dune. And the images flash in my head about Dune. I know what it is. We are hardcore sci-fi fans, and you just admitted yourself, you are deep in the weeds, hardcore sci-fi classic novel fan. Right. It's people like us, and in the little world we live in, it feels like there's a lot of us, there's not. Dune does not have the name recognition it did 30 years ago. No, it doesn't. The trailer for that movie is going to be the first time most people have ever heard of it, other than wasn't that like... A great big bomb of a movie in like 1983, <laughs> like that's what people are gonna. Right. And I'm being serious. I, I know, and I and I think that's part of why the cast list reads the way it does. I don't know if you've really looked at that cast list. I, I have. They're they are they're throwing everything at it, but they really there was are. a lot riding on it. I mean, though that being said, and I know this may be heresy in this company, but I had never heard of Lord of the Rings until they announced a movie. That's a good point. Yeah. Edit I mean, that out. We don't want that going public. <laughs> I mean, but seriously, I, you know, I mean, I was fairly well read for a, a teenager. What year did the first? Right, I know you can make my point, actually. So, But, I mean, that that kicked off. I mean, Lord of the Rings is it has, again, become one of the biggest obsessions of nerds in the world. Yeah. And Those and they're are, well, it, they it, want to catch, they award after award after award. They're yes. fantastic films. So if Dune is that good, 
if if Dune is as good as Lord of the Rings was, then that you know then. And it has that potential. Yeah. The potential is there for it to be that good. So I, I hope I'm not disappointed. I mean, it could be a colossal failure, but I suspect with the people writing and creating this, the, the people that wrote the script, the people that are the, the director in particular, I, I've got really high hopes, and I suspect when that first trailer shows up that it's going to be spectacular. No, I have very high hopes for it also, and I don't think it's going to be a failure. I was just pointing out for that for the TV show we were discussing. Yeah, yeah, be a success. It's gonna it rely it's gonna rely so much on how good this Dune movie is. The Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings TV series already has mm-hmm. that property already has a successful track record, and even the less than stellar. People are already excited about it because those films are still to this day they hold up. Mm-hmm. They you put it on Lord of the Rings Blu-ray. It mm-hmm. looks like they made it yesterday. Yep. You know, and I kind of and wondered. Still love those movies and are still finding them. Yes, that that, that Dune TV series is going to need that same kind of support. Yeah, we don't know what this Dune movie is yet. Right, it's a big old question mark. But yeah, I I remember watching Lord of the Rings as a teenager and being like, "This is just like the coolest thing." And I remembered wondering how it was going to hold up. Um, and we we sat down recently with the kids and watched them again. And it was like, it holds up. It's been 15 years and it definitely holds up. It it actually holds up better than some things that have been made since. Oh, definitely. And honestly, uh, upon rewatching the Hobbit holds up a lot better than I thought it was going to. Well, the extended versions are, are a little better. Okay. So riddle me this. How on earth is a movie whose biggest failing was that it was too long it did not need to be three movies. It was too long. And the only thing that made it better was to make it longer. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like it crossed the threshold where it was like it was this long, but they they expanded things so much and then didn't right. fill in all the blanks. Yeah. Because they cut the wrong stuff out. If yeah. They left in the yeah. stuff they put in the extended and cut some of the other trash. Mm-hmm. But honestly, but I didn't hate the first two of the theater. The third one, I right. I only got to see. It was when they were trying out the new frame rates. Yeah. And we saw it in 3D with the new frame rate. Mm-hmm. And that was probably the least pleasant movie experience I've ever had. But no, and, and I don't dislike those Hobbit movies. They're not as good as the Lord of the Rings movies. And it really should have been two movies. Yeah, two movies mm-hmm. would have been perfect. And they got greedy. At the most, mm-hmm. because the material's there, but the material's really about two movies where they took a lot of stuff from the Silmarillion. They did. I like <clears> the Silmarillion, Silmarillion to put in to expand this movie, but I didn't hate those Hobbit movies. Um, but the books are a lot simpler. When you read the books, they're more children's books. The material is not as complex, and it's not as easy to take that material and make as intriguing a movie as you made with Lord of the Rings. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Lord of the Rings is my favorite movie. Yes. It may be yeah. I'm I kinda tend to be with you there. I kinda mm-hmm. forgot about it there for a while because I was busy, you know, getting married and having kids, but we watched it again recently with the kids and I was like, Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. I really love these yeah. movies. I was Yeah. Well, particularly when you talk movie trilogies, yes. it's it's yeah. It's it's at the top. Mm-hmm. I mean 
Yeah, because at this point you can't even pinpoint which one of the three. No. Well, no, it's it's all of them. It's yeah. one story. You yeah. can't mm-hmm. you can't watch you can't watch Fellowship and think the story ends there. You, no. You, you can't watch Two Towers because you needed to see how it started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know and, but, the, but the great so, thing is, all three of them separately hold up on their own still as like. Yeah. If you they do, want. but you can't take you can't take the three of them as individual stories. Even the no, Empire Strikes but... Back, you could pop Empire Strikes Back in and watch it beginning to end and not need to see the other two unless you want to know what happened to Han. So I'm gonna shut up. <laughs> but y'all know what I mean. Y'all right. know what I'm trying to say. Right. I could, but 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 at the same time though, like Fellowship, I can watch Fellowship over and over because it was on Netflix. There was a while where just Fellowship was on Netflix, hmm. so I just watched Fellowship. Like over and over, and I was like, "That's fine," right? Because I just love the movie. It's so, mm-hmm. uh, even though it's so dark, it's still so hopeful and, and yeah. full of life and spirit well, it, and it, wonder. And in a way, even though that the end of that movie is really just kind of the beginning of the adventure, even mm-hmm. that that first movie on its own still completes the cycle of the hero's journey in its own way. It does, yeah. And that that's why it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and but then it's made even better when you watch the two towers, and even better when you watch the Return of the King. Mm-hmm. They are These... they are one story. They are one story, and they were shot as one film. Yeah, I know. Then edited, then edited into three. Mm-hmm. And they're all like three hours long. It's insane. So ridiculously long, but yeah, and you I... know what? Mostly practical effects. Those orcs are like that's orc that's makeup that's costuming yeah uh, about they they were in New Zealand they they weren't behind freaking green screens and, yeah and those yeah. movies look better than the Hobbit yeah and well that's the, the, the good moments. news is that when the, you uh, put the actors in front when you put the actors in front of Minas Tirith which is all CGI you can't freaking tell right. when you put those when you put those actors around and you have to build up more extras and walls for Helm's Deep you can't tell it's seamless. Yeah, and the good news is is they're actually going back to New Zealand to film the TV series. I can't yes. wait. Though you said that they had like four actors casted. Are there any? Are there any of the main characters, or did they even well, announce who they're? Playing? Okay, so we're doing we're we're doing a second age story, the Age of Numenor. So basically, yeah. Like so, I don't I don't know come... how versed you are in the histories of Middle Earth. I'm not okay. I didn't understand. This isn't like this isn't going to be. We're we're calling it Lord of the Rings because they haven't given us anything else yet. Um, okay. At some point, they're going to name it. Set in that world, but it is. So it's a Middle Earth show. It's a Middle Earth show. It is, but it's it's like I don't know. It's a it's a long. It's like three thousand years before the Lord of the Rings story ends. Okay. Okay. The the Lord of the Rings story that we have, like the the Lord of the Rings, the books. It's the um, end of the third age. Is the yeah, that's the end of the third age, and it's the end of the story of the ring. The story of the ring actually begins in the second age, and I think that's what they're doing. Yeah. I was vaguely familiar with I mean I knew there was more of a world. I've played like the I've played the uh the Shadow of Mordor games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was aware that of like there's a bigger world behind it. I just didn't understand what was going on with the show, but that's still okay. really cool. I mean so, I still love it because I still I still watch it and love the world and yeah. the lore. So basically, it looks like the main character is going to be actually from Rohan. 
He's going to be like mm-hmm. the son of the second Lord of the Mark. Um, okay. And basically his, you know, they kind of have some sort of cryptic half-finished stories about him that, that Tolkien kind of had about. But that looks like he's going to be um, Will Poulter, who was, I'm assuming I'm saying his last name right. Yeah. Um, did you see the Narnia movies, the the last one, The Voyage of the Dawn Trader? Dawn Treader? No, I didn't I didn't see that one. Okay. Um well this was the he was used to scrub back back I, in the day. I've heard the name. Yeah, Will. well he was also in in the uh Maze Runner movies. And he was oh, been in he was in black weird he was in Black Mirror. Yep. Uh he's been yeah, in He's been in a number of. He was things. in Midsummer too recently. Yeah, I, I've seen a lot. I've seen Midsummer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've so, seen a lot of stuff with him. He's so, all over the place. Yeah, so he's playing our primary hero. Okay. And Interesting. Then here we go again with the eyebrows. Me and the eyebrow you, problem. I we'll have to get past that. That's so funny. <laughs> and then we've got Joseph Mall or Mall or Malle. I don't know. M a w l e is playing the principal villain who we don't know who he is yet. Um, this is, uh, he played Benjamin Stark oh, yeah. in uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's cool. Most notably, yeah. Um, he's been a lot of stuff, but that's his, his main thing. And then I don't really, the other two actors, uh, Markella Cavanaugh, who I don't really know any of the stuff that she's been in, says that she's... She was at, uh, at Picnic and Hanging Rock. Picnic at Hanging Rock recently. Yeah. She's done a bunch of stuff I've never heard of. Fun fact, Joseph Mall also played Jesus. Yeah. Wait, what? So that's in, in what? In this uh a, a mini series called The Passion. Really? Yeah, I, I was just I randomly saw it when I Googled his name. I just thought it was funny. That's crazy. That sin- tends to be the sort of thing that church people talk about. How did I miss that? And uh, yeah. and the the other actor that they've got cast is is uh, Matthew Baldry, who, you know, another one that I'm just you know he did that terrible sci-fi channel Lake Placid sequel, and he's done a bunch of stuff I've never heard of. He did. He was in Rome, and he was in Mr. Bean's Holiday. Oh, oh well, I mean. When you're in Mr. Bean's holiday, <laughs> that's all the credibility you need. For sure. Now, he was in Rome. So, you know, but that's the and not four Matthew, days. Maxim Baldry. You Where, said Matthew. I said Matthew. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. Maxim Baldry. Um, um, but I'm optimistic. I'm, you know, just the little bit um, we read about, you know, of course, we instantly hopped on the internet and Googled all the names. Um, and the only one of them had any traction in actual Tolkien lore so far, but he seems to be a really good one. So I'm curious to see what the son of the second Lord of the Mark does in, uh, in middle earth here in the next couple of years. Yeah. So the rumor has been that we're going to see some of the stuff with the forging of the rings and, and all that stuff. So mm. should be interesting. I That's mean, cool. Hugo weaving and Kate Blanchett haven't aged like one single day in the past. And you know they're going to show twenty up years, this. so we definitely need some Elrond <laughs> and Galadriel. Yeah, perfect. Um, How convenient that these people who played these ageless characters, ageless <laughs> characters, also just look the exact same yeah. as they did. So I, I mean, I guess at some point they'll have to make Paul Rudd an elf, right? I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> Please. <laughs> 
I would I would watch Paul Rudd as an elf. That would or be. Samuel but he would. Jackson. But Paul Rudd would that, really. Yes. Paul Rudd would really make a better dwarf if we're being honest. That's true. Or a hobbit. He'd make a really good hobbit. Yeah, for the personality, yeah. I love Paul Rudd. <laughs> I accidentally made my outer world. Speaking of outer worlds, I accidentally made my outer worlds character look like Paul Rudd. I was like, well, I guess I gotta name him Paul Rudd and play this game as Paul Rudd now. Oops. Why not? That's yeah. hilarious. Oh, wow. For a while, Andrew's Xbox avatar looked like Doctor Who. He said he did it on accident, but I didn't believe him. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Well, unless anybody's got anything to add, we're gonna probably need to wrap there because mm-hmm. this is gonna be this is gonna be fun to edit. <laughs> <laughs> We've officially talked about we got not a lot of good all of the things, well, but a lot of the things. We've got a lot the, of good stuff, but we get to a you point every whole topics that weren't as interesting. Some oh, of the no, stuff I mean, we just talked about in the last thirty minutes is yeah, the most interesting. No, it's it's going to be fine. It's just, and it might not be as bad when I listen back to it. But I keep we get off on a conversation, and I go, "How did we get here?" Hmm. <laughs> I know. Which I mean, it's fine. That's I mean, that's really when it's just me and Marisha. That's kind of the way the our Star Wars podcast works too. When it's just the two of us, so that's going to wrap us up for tonight. David, where can people find you on the internet? All right. Well, the best place to find me is actually at my own website, davidanddonnacreative.com. There you can find my own podcast and all sorts of articles and stuff I write about uh, anything that me and my uh, my partner Donna like to talk about there. Okay. Marisha, where can people find you? Well, I can mostly be found on Instagram, um, princesses underscore and Padawans, because I make cute costumes mostly for my kids, and I post pictures of them because I like to have a place to look at all the cute pictures of my kids. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I figured the internet should share in my bounty cute children um and also princesses of padawans.com and in case you hadn't picked up on the trend also princesses and padawan no p padawans on twitter because princesses and padawans was too long that's me on the internet (laughs) all right daniel tell us uh tell us about your newest project that people can find on the internet (laughs) this is my newest project oh that's right no i am dancy peeps uh on, on Twitter, that's uh, where you can usually find me and use that Twitter handle to send me anything you want to know, anything you want to talk about, comic book related. Um, that's where you can send those to, and we can discuss comic book history, anything, uh, what we're currently reading, any questions you have, just ask on Twitter, Dancy Peeps. Awesome. Okay, and I'm Andrew Gore, and you can find me running the twitter account for for this show at the at sci underscore fictionary check out our other podcast coruscant radio underground and the padawan report and you can drop us a line drop us questions or notes or, or just anything you want to share with us at coruscant radio underground at gmail.com or at the science fictionary at gmail.com and I, I say this a lot on our other show but i'll say it here too the best thing you can do for podcasts that you enjoy is to go leave them a review on itunes or apple podcasts and that's going to do it for tonight's show may the force be with you pro tip though son before you tell your wife you want a divorce move the comic books out of the house <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> You, 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 wow. you. <laughs>